welcome to episode 50 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm recapping the books I read in November. Before I get started, I just wanted to remind everyone to rate and review us on iTunes. It only takes a quick minute, but it's actually one of the easiest and best things you can do for the podcast and for The Bookshelf. It's a quick way to spread the word about what we're doing here and what we're doing in Thomasville. So um, if you have a quick minute, we'd love if you could just go onto your iTunes app and rate or review us there. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, First of all, I have to say that I am recording this in my living room today. It is raining outside. It is 80 degrees. It is December 16th, so kind of frustrating to not be cold at Christmas, and my dog is snoring in the background, (laughs) and I will do my best to edit it out, but you have been warned, (laughs) so um, that is Junie B., All right, so here's the deal. November and December are super busy. December, my reading game has been completely off. I've read a few things I've enjoyed. Um, November was okay. Um, I still was able to get a few books read in the month of November, but it's just a chaotic last couple of months of the year. Um, I forget every year just how hard November and December are. I think it might be akin to women and childbirth and how right after you have your baby you forget how painful childbirth was something like that I think I've heard um that is what it's like to work retail in November and December um you forget how busy and hectic and wonderful um but chaotic it is and so November and December I just don't do as much reading as I would like to do that being said, I still tackled, let's see, six books in November, which is pretty good. Um, the first book I read was Accidental Saints by Nadia Boltz Weber. This came very close to making my best books of the year list. Um, I have compiled a list of my favorite books of 2015. Um, when I say best books of 2015, I mean books that were written and published in 2015, not um, just books that I read from other from other years. I try, Otherwise, Station Eleven and All the Light We Cannot See would have easily made that list. But I will release that list online and on the podcast in the next few weeks as soon as we wrap up the holiday season. But... Accidental Saints was like number 11 or 12 on my top 10. So I did not get to include it on that list. So I am definitely including it here. Nadia Boltz Weber is a Lutheran priest out in Denver, Colorado. I had never read her books before, but this one really grabbed me, I guess, from the shelf um, because the subtitle was um, Finding God in All the Wrong People. And I really, I don't know, I just loved that. There's um, a... A Presbyterian pastor, priest, I never know what to call them. Um, He's a regular and he recommended this book. And so I took it with me on vacation, didn't get around to reading it um, because I often bite off more than I can chew in terms of what I can read on vacation. Um, But I did get around to it in November. And Nadia Boltz Weber grew up in the Church of Christ, which is how I grew up, and her experience is not entirely like mine. Um, Churches of Christ, for those of you who don't know, are autonomous, and so each Church of Christ has a very 
or can have a very different vibe. I think the unifying characteristic is that they, there's no instrumental music, um, which I actually find to be beautiful um, that they sing a cappella. And interestingly, Nadia Boltz Weber in her Lutheran church um, that she started in Denver also chooses to sing a cappella, which I think is, is neat and um, kind of telling that our roots stick with us, uh, like it or not. But anyway, she and I have very different, maybe Church of Christ experiences, and yet very similar ones, enough that when I was reading the book, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, she gets it, she understands. Um, And so that's probably why this book is one of the books I enjoyed most this year. Um, She is incredibly self-deprecating and humble, very funny. The book uh, really talks and focuses about her congregation, focuses on her congregation in Denver and all the people that she meets with and interacts with that kind of lead her closer to God, Um, but people that you wouldn't expect that might lead her closer to God. And she has a very diverse parish, a a diverse group of people who she worships with each Sunday. And um, she has found God in all of them. And I think that that's a really beautiful um, sentiment and also a beautiful truth. And so that was really interesting. I also had some great takeaways from the book. The, she interacts with a couple of people who just absolutely drive her crazy, and she cannot figure out why she keeps interacting with these people, and, and why are they driving her crazy? And then she realizes it's because the things in them that drive her crazy are the things that she knows are in herself. In other words, um, the things that she finds irritating in another human being are actually the things that she herself needs to be working on and the things that the things that um, bother her about herself, which I thought was really profound. Um, maybe not even profound, but I liked that she put a voice to it. I think that kind of opened my eyes to some of my own interactions on a daily basis. Um, I also loved this book. Uh, the format of the book followed uh, the traditional liturgical calendar, and I thought that was a really beautiful way to format a book. So if you are at all a reader of faith books, or if you like, um, trying to think of some similar, um, if you like Anne Lamott, if you like Rachel Held Evans, Accidental Saints is just a really wonderful read. I recommended it at a uh, book fair in Tallahassee where we sold books recently. And I hope the women who bought it really wound up loving it because I certainly did. I, Nadia is clearly extremely intelligent and yet the book is just a very humble take on on people and how God speaks through all kinds of people in all different ways. So um, if you if that appeals to you at all, if you enjoy reading Anne Lamott, then you will certainly enjoy Accidental Saints. I know that I did. The next book I read, I had to go a little lighter. So the next book I read was Distance From Me To You, which I believe was written by Marina... I think it's Gessner. I'm um, blanking on the last name, partly because I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> so um, Distance From Me To You by Marina Gessner. I will, in the show notes, um, give the exact author's name in case I've, I've mispronounced it here. Um, it's a YA book. I picked it up because I thought the cover was really great and unusual because a lot of young adult book covers are black, just black with, I don't know, a dead rose on the cover or... <laughs> or some kind of scary, scrolly looking font. And it's always refreshing to me to see a light book cover in the young adult section. So Distance From Me To You is about 
um, this young woman, senior, junior in high school, who decides to walk the Appalachian Trail. And she and her friend had signed on to do it together, and then her friend backs out, and she chooses to do it alone, uh, kind of without telling her parents. And um, so I like to call it wild for the YA set. As far as, I'm trying to think, this would be appropriate for, I think, late high school, early college students. There is some sexual content, just if you're a parent and you're wondering if this book would be right for your kids. Um, There is some sexual content. However, I will say that one thing I really enjoyed about this book was um, the main character is very independent. She's really trying to set, she's really trying to become a grown-up. She's trying to prove to her parents that she can handle responsibility there are a couple of scenes that I really loved because they were very empowering to this young woman. And I know some people cringe at the word feminist and feministy, but this book is great and feministy. <laughs> and so there's some love, love interest. It's, um, and yet really the whole book is about this girl finding herself and honestly in young adult literature that's really refreshing a lot of YA books rely heavily on a love story a love interest and this book doesn't do that and um yes there is a love story but but it doesn't kind of wind up the way you think it will and so I I don't want to give anything away so I don't want to be I don't want to say too much more except that I thought this was perfectly enjoyable it's definitely young adult literature which is why I say for high, late high school, maybe college age kids, college age students, it's not necessarily a YA book with a lot of crossover appeal. So if you're an adult reader who sometimes likes YA, you'll probably like this. But the adult reader who doesn't typically read YA, this isn't the crossover novel. This isn't this isn't a novel that I think both um, sets could just equally read. Really enjoyable, pleasant. I liked that it was more had more feminist influence than some other young adult books I find myself coming across and it wasn't just a romance which again I really appreciate in a YA book so distance from me to you great for uh, maybe for your maybe for a college or a high school graduate who's about to go on to bigger and better things it's really a great book about kind of coming into your own. Um, I believe the main character is a junior or senior in high school. And so definitely for that age range, I think this book would really resonate with them. And great if you've got a niece or a daughter who wanted to read Cheryl Strayed's Wild, but maybe you wouldn't let her because, because of the drug and sex content. So this is a nice alternative to that. Um, the next book I read in November was The Clasp by Sloane Crosley. If you've been listening to the podcast for any period of time, or if you have read um, my articles in the Thomasville Townie or my blog reviews of books, you probably will remember the name Sloane Crosley. She wrote the collection of essays called I Was Told There'd Be Cake. I did not love that essay collection, but I do want to state that I think I was in the minority there. Um, A lot of people... I know and readers I trust really enjoyed that book so don't let my opinion sway you I just did not I did not love it so that was her collection of essays that came out a few years ago this book The Clasp is Sloane Crosley's first novel and I really enjoyed it if I had to recommend a Sloane Crosley book I would immediately point you toward this novel I thought it was great 
Part of the reason I think that I liked it, full disclosure, is because the main characters are 29. I'm 29 and will be 30 in February, and so this book is about coming to terms with turning 30. And anybody over the age of 30 is probably rolling their eyes right now. That's okay. Um, I, because I don't think it's just for people who are 29, but that kind of gives you a sense of the themes um, that the characters are facing. So um, these are three friends who return to, uh, they kind of have a reunion at a wedding. I am a sucker. You know this. If you know me, if you've listened to the podcast, I am a sucker for reunion stories. I love movies where reunions take place. I love family get-togethers. I love dysfunctional families, dysfunctional friends. These are the books that I love. So the clasp was a natural fit, but there was a little twist. So I really I really love this twist that Sloane Crosley kind of puts in the novel. It's about these friends at this wedding kind of getting together for the first time, realizing, you know, have you know how have they come how far have they come since graduating college um and how far do they yet have to go and then the story takes an interesting twist because there is a missing necklace associated with the nazi regime regime in france so little twist not entirely what you are expecting when you start the book um but that is obviously where the book gets its title um, and I tried to look up this author's name so that I would not butcher it on the podcast, but I do not speak French. Um, but Guy de Massepin, is that right? Oh, I don't know. Um, but he wrote the very famous short story, The Necklace. And if you like that short story, if you are familiar with it, um, Sloan Crosley does a beautiful job of weaving that short story into the narrative of the class. And so these three friends leave this wedding and wind up basically rendezvousing in France over this missing necklace and this historical piece of jewelry. Really funny story, um, really about kind of growing up and, and what being a grown-up looks like. Um, I loved this book. I thought it was really enjoyable. I would definitely recommend it for um, people who are fans of Curtis Sittenfeld or um, trying to think, uh, Jay... Courtney Sullivan. Um, the book that I read earlier this year that I loved that will make my top 10 of the year, um, Everybody Rise by Stephanie Clifford. L look, if you like that book, you'll like this one. It's this, it's that same type of novel. So um, I do know there are people like me out there who love these types of books, these reunion, reunion stories, these 20-something stories. Um, I But I think even people beyond that age group could enjoy this one, especially because of the literary tie-in with that um, with that short story. So the book is The Clasp by Sloane Crosley. Next, I read an ARC. I, as you know, try to read one YA or middle reader novel a month and one ARC a month. I should probably read more than that um, because I get a lot of advanced reader copies that I need to make my way through. Uh, but I picked up Flood Girls by Richard um, Fifield, F-I-F-I-E-L-D. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the reason I read Flood Girls was um, based solely on the cover and because um, one of the blurbs on the back was by um, the writer of The Kitchens of the Great Midwest, which I loved earlier this year. So I picked up Flood Girls. It took me a little while to get into it. Um, it's a fiction book. It's a novel um, that takes place in a small town in Minnesota. 
It, the Flood Girls is a reference to the towns. This is a very tiny town, smaller even than Thomasville. Uh, it, the title is based on the name of the softball team from this town. These are hard-drinking, hard, hard women. <laughs> Flood Girls is not some cutesy group of women. This is kind of um, think league of their own, but brawny, <laughs> ballsy women. Um, I really wound up enjoying this book. Like I said, it took me a little while to get into, but um, basically the protagonist comes back home to this small town in Minnesota, and she comes back because she's working her way through Alcoholics Anonymous, and she wants to come and earn the forgiveness or, or ask forgiveness from the people of this town that she hurt um, during her years um, while she was um, struggling with alcoholism. So she comes back home, and she's, uh, she's a young woman trying to kind of make peace and her mother is this hard, hard Minnesota woman, a bartender, and just is having none of it. And so it's kind of the story of how she's trying to reconcile with her mother as much as she can. Um, there also is um, a really delightful young character in this book who is a young boy who uh, struggles in this small town because uh, he's gay and he is trying to he listens, the book takes place in the late 80s, early 90s, so he listens to Madonna, and he loves um, dressing in these beautiful clothes that a local seamstress helps um, uh, kind of turn these thrift store clothes into these great, great clothes that he loves to wear, but he, uh, his father, and or I think it's his stepfather and his mother, really can't accept him, and so this, this other outcast uh, comes into town, and they kind of be, become friends, so this young young, um, I think he's 10 or 11 in the book, and then this uh, woman who's moved back home to kind of reconcile, they become friends, and their friendship is my favorite part of this book. Um, this is a very quirky novel. It will not release until February 2nd. Um, if I find my copy, unless I already gave it away, I'm going to try to give it away on Instagram, so be on the lookout for that if I can find it. Um, I will say that I loved... I enjoyed this book enough to recommend it for an indie next pick. So that's where independent bookstores kind of recommend um, their favorite new books of the month. And I enjoyed Flood Girls quite a bit. I think it'd make a really interesting um, book club discussion. I think this would be a great book for fans of Shotgun Love Songs by Nicholas Butler. The same themes of kind of small town life and... Um, Again, it has this very weird kind of League of Their Owns vibe. If the League of Their Own, you know, that great Tom Hanks baseball movie, if it, if they were like, I don't know, really just Minnesota broads, <laughs> if that makes sense. So anyway, I think this is a really great book, um, but it is a book where ask me if you'd like it and I'll tell you if you would um, because I think it's going to fit a very specific taste level, a very specific type of reader is going to like this book. So that's Flood Girls by Richard Fefield. Next, uh, believe it or not, I read Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. My sales rep sent it to me for free, and so of course I was going to read it. Um, not even advanced reader copy, like a hardback <laughs> real version of Year of Yes. I, as again, you know, I love self-improvement books. Um, I believe in self-improvement. Year of Yes is less memoir and more self-improvement. So Shonda Rhimes is a self-described introvert. She also is the award-winning writer of um, Grey's Anatomy, 
uh, she's a producer on How to Get Away with Murder, and I'm trying to think her other big show. Oh, Scandal. She's and I watched Grey's Anatomy uh, on Netflix fairly loyally while I binged, and then I stopped. <laughs> um, and then the same went for Scandal. And so I'm familiar with Shonda Rhimes' work. Uh, I think she's obviously a very talented showrunner, and so I was intrigued what her book would be about. Um, well, she, as I said, is a self-described introvert, and so this book is how she realized she was saying no um, to a lot of media interviews and publicity, and as a result, her life was just really small, and her sisters kind of called her out and said, you never say yes to anything, um, whether it was publicity or a date or, you know, she just she just kind of holds up like she would write for this sh these shows or produce for these shows and then she would come home and hole up and I am familiar with that and so uh instead she spends a year saying yes and so she goes on Jimmy Kimmel but she makes him not do it live because she's terrified and she gives a commencement address and she's terrified and yet the more she says yes the less terrified she becomes and I think that's a great kind of life lesson. Um, and so the more she started accepting speaking engagements and things outside her comfort zone, the more comfortable she became doing them. And I really enjoyed this book. It's a great, it's a really odd size. I don't know if you've seen it in person, but it's a really kind of little gift type book. And I think it would make an excellent Mother's Day gift or a graduation gift. I think it'd make a really great graduation gift, um, which graduation isn't until May unless you are a December graduate like me. So um, snag it for, for a graduation gift because I think it'd, it'd be really inspiring. This is also, I know so many other people have heard of it, but she, I guess, has done several interviews and she references in the book um, the TED Talk where um, the superwoman pose is talked about and how if you stand with your hands on your hips and your legs apart and you kind of assume this powerful position, if you do it for just two minutes, it apparently works on your endorphins and your confidence and it really does change your outlook. And I have tried this um, during moments of high stress, <laughs> um, basically the last two months. Um, and so I really believe the superwoman pose works. And Shonda Rhimes is kind of how I discovered it. And I went and watched the TED Talk she references. And anyway, I heard some women in the store talking about the superwoman pose. And it made me so happy. And so um, this that if there's no other takeaway from the book, I think that's a great one. Um, but really, it's not interestingly it's not the best written book I've ever read but if you watch her shows her shows are really watchable I don't know that they're the best written shows ever and that's okay like I again they're entirely watchable this book is entirely readable so maybe that gives you an idea of what to expect from The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. I closed out the month with a book that I admittedly have not finished but I read like 70% of it. Um, it's called You Don't Have to Like Me by Alita Nugent. Um, this is actually a book that I bought. It's a collection of essays on feminism. Um, and if you like Lena Dunham, then here is the here is another book for you. The, um, this is essays, not short stories. Um, I feel like another comparable title might be the collection of short stories I recommended earlier this year, Single, Carefree, and Mellow. Um, I I did not always agree with this book, but I don't read just so I can agree with things. Um, and so actually I really wound up liking some of the essays. There was in particular one 
um, that made me uncomfortable at first, um, but an essay about abortion. And it caused me to really evaluate where I stood on that issue and why I have the views that I have and and what feminism really looks like for me as a as a believer. And so it caused me to ask some questions. So I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed that aspect of this book in that it sometimes made me uncomfortable and made me ha- have to evaluate my own thoughts and views on things. I love books that do that. Um, she had another essay on um, eating disorders that I will be totally honest with you, I could not finish because it... Um, I don't do well with medical things. <laughs> I could I couldn't read or finish the show called The Midwife because it made me sick to my stomach, which means childbirth is going to be a blast. Um, but but I did not did not could not finish those books. Um, so I get a little queasy, and so she was really open and honest about eating disorders, and I believe she in particular struggled with bulimia, and so the book was fairly graphic in that way, and so I had to. I had to not finish that particular essay. However, lest you think it's all heavy, heavy, she also did some essays about her parents and um, some funny essays about, uh, well, they're not funny, but she makes them funny about, you know, getting catcalled in the street and and how to handle um, a world that sometimes treats women as, as less than. Um, really, I think she's a great writer. Um, I had not heard of her before. Alita Nugent is her name. Um, but really eye-opening book and I'm glad I read it. I just, um, got to a point where some of the essays felt redundant, so I didn't, I didn't finish it. Um, I mentioned Sloane Crosley earlier in this episode. Probably this would be a great book for fans of her essays. Um, so Lena Dunham, Sloane Crosley, if you like those essays, you will, I believe, really enjoy this collection as well. It's called You Don't Have to Like Me by Alita Nugent. All right, so those are the six books I read in November. I feel like I flew through those. I'll try to put the titles and authors in the show notes. So if you're listening and you heard one that you wish you could read, um, that will give you an easy access point to, to maybe finding them at your local library or your local bookstore. And just another reminder that if you are a listener of the podcast, I'd love to know that you exist. So even if you don't rate or review us on iTunes, um, shoot me a comment on Instagram or let me know that you're listening. I'd love, I'd love to, um, I'd love to hear kind of where our readers are and listeners are from and what you're reading right now. Um, as always, thanks for listening to From the Front Porch. You can find full episodes at our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can interact with us, and I hope that you will, on social media, Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville, and Instagram and Twitter at Bookshelf Tville. Thanks so much for listening, and have a wonderful holiday season, and we will be back next week with a special interview episode um, before wrapping it up for 2015. Thanks so much. 